Now, back to the Talk of Fame Network with Ron Borges, Rick Goslin, and Clark Judge on Yahoo Sports Radio. The Talk of Fame Network is brought to you by MyCleanPC. If your computer runs slowly, go to MyCleanPC.com for a free computer diagnosis. And within minutes, you can download software to clean up what may be slowing it down. That's MyCleanPC.com. Our first guest should be familiar to you, and not just because Drew Bledsoe was the NFL's number one draft pick in 1993. Nope, because we had him on our show a year ago, and for good reason. He speaks as well as he played football, and he was a terrific quarterback, taking the New England Patriots to the playoffs four times into the Super Bowl twice. Drew now splits his time between various business interests, including a successful winery in Walla Walla, Washington, and serving as quarterback's coach and offensive coordinator at Summit High School in Bend, Oregon. Drew, thanks for joining us again. You know, it's, it's always important to add in the uh, state champion Summit Storm football team. <laughs> ah, <laughs> exactly right. There you yeah, go. That was, uh, I, uh, I, I know we're going to talk a little football another time, a little high school football another time, but uh, had my, my best year ever in football last year getting to coach my boys and their buddies to a state championship, and it was fun oh. as heck. Uh, this year, Drew, as you probably know, there's four college quarterbacks discussed as potential number one picks. Uh, two, Cal's Jared Goff and North uh, Dakota State's Carson Wentz are being debated as uh, likely to be the first taken, maybe with a second pick. And as Clark pointed out, you and uh, – Rick Meyer occurred of in this discussion and when you came out of who's going to be the number one overall pick. And I wonder how, how do you handle that debate and did you pay much attention to it, to it as they were going on and on about whether it would be you or be Rick? You know, it was, it was interesting, Ron, when we were going through that thing, um, you know, they, 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 they made a pretty strong effort to try and play us off as rivals and, and all of that. And, and Rick and I, we got to be good friends through the, through the process and, you know, really, I mean, there's not very much of it you can control outside of just going out and trying to trying to play well and trying to trying to uh, to have good workouts and uh, and all of that. And then it's up to the team to decide uh, which direction they want to go. You know, I, I tried really hard, um, had some good counsel to try and enjoy the whole thing. You know, it's a little bit of a zoo um, when you're going through it. It's a meat market and the whole deal. And and uh, I tried to, to go through it with some good humor and, and, and enjoy the whole process. Drew, did the pressure build up much as the draft neared? And what was your internal reaction to being taken number one by Bill Parcells? <laughs> you know, um, I, you know, I, I don't. I wouldn't call it pressure. I mean, it, you know, when you're in that situation, you know, if I if I didn't get drafted first, I was going to plummet all the way to second. So you know, there was, <laughs> it, it, was, it wasn't a situation where where Rick or or myself were under. Uh, a good deal of pressure um you know i i i get you know we had the the misfortune of being subjected to to four and then and then two more years of bill parcells as a quarterback <laughs> which anybody that's been in that situation knows that that's not a bowl of it's not a bowl of cherries playing playing for that guy as a young quarterback but uh but i was really fortunate you know it, uh, it, you know i say that in jest of course but i uh you know rick went to a situation that ended up being really unstable in, in seattle and they went through a couple coaches right away and a bunch of injuries where you know, I got a chance to go play for a Hall of Famer in a, in a great sports town, and and uh, you know, uh, we were able to have some success together, which was uh, which was a lot of fun. So I, I felt really fortunate with where I landed. Um, at that time, it was a little scary for a small town kid from Eastern Washington to get uh, transplanted 3,000 miles away from home to a uh, a crazy sports town and a, and a new situation. It was a little scary initially, but. Uh, really feel fortunate to have landed where I did. We feel fortunate to have former number one draft pick Drew Bledsoe with us on the Talk of Fame Network. And Drew, just wondering, Goose was talking to you about uh, pressure building as the draft neared. Uh, what's the buildup? 
do you think, like for a, a young quarterback like a Goff or Wentz, when you have those workouts with scouts and GMs analyzing, dissecting every throw that you make? You know, the hard part of it is that that um, what the process ter- process ter- process excuse me turns into um, is is trying to find faults in you. Um, if you've risen to that level, then everybody knows you're a good player. Otherwise, you're not talked about at that. Uh, at, you know, as, as one of those top draft picks. Uh, but the, the hard part was that what they're really trying to do is pick you apart. They're trying to find out what's wrong with you. And that can be anything from, you know, a, a quirk in your throwing motion to character issues to, uh, you know, in my case, they tried to pick apart because I you know, didn't run very fast, but I actually ran faster than they thought. But, but uh, <laughs> you know, it's, it, it, that's the only disconcerting part of it is that it's no longer, you know, a situation where everybody's touting you as the next, you know, next great thing it's uh, instead it's uh, let's find out what's wrong with this guy and so that if there's if there's pressure involved in it it's that trying to uh, you know trying to get through it without them finding anything significant to to downgrade you did you have any trouble with that drew i mean did you find you because a guy could get swept up in that and start thinking geez maybe i'm not what i thought i was because these guys are, are you know pointing out whatever these little holes are did you have any problem with any of that yeah not really you know and i, and I this, you can call this arrogant or whatever you want to call it but I'm, when it came to when it came to throwing the football, you know whether it's in a game or in a workout, that was never something that I really was concerned about. I, I felt like you know, I mean, shoot, even even today, I've, I've got a little Joe Theismann in me. I still think I could go out and play. Uh, you know, when it comes, when it comes to throw, when it comes to throwing the rock, um, you know, so that that was that was never a concern of mine. I really felt like. Uh, Really felt like uh, you know in those workouts if you know you put me out there with with anybody and I'll and I'll throw with them, um, so I, so I felt pretty confident going into it. Um, you know the guys that are at the the top of the draft this year, uh, from what I've seen, are, are similar guys. I mean it's pretty hard to poke holes significantly in either, in either one of them. I think honestly the biggest thing that teams have to look for now um, that that certainly has played out with with various quarterbacks that we know. Um, you got to look into the mental makeup of a guy more than anything, uh, because when you play the position of quarterback, especially at the NFL level, um, you're going to have adversity, and especially when you're drafted at the top of the draft, you're going to a team that, uh, by definition, wasn't very good, uh, and you've got to have uh, you got to have some character. You got to be able to to show that you can uh, deal with some adversity and and continue to progress in spite of the fact that uh, early on in your career you may not have a lot of success. Uh, so if I was a, if I was a, a guy that was making that decision, that's where I would look first. I mean, any of these guys can throw it um, and throw it well enough to be successful in the league, but um, I would look at their mental makeup, their character, um, you know, what kind of adversity they've dealt with in their life and how they've done with that before I would look at anything else. Drew, how much of an advantage is it coming from a big school. You came Washington State, Goff's come from Cal, uh, Wentz is coming out of North Dakota State. What's the advantage of having come from a bigger program? You know, I mean, Washington State would probably be uh, classified as kind of a mid-tier program. Um, you know, we were in the pack, in the pack, and actually it was the Pac-10 back then. It wasn't the Pac-8, Borges, I'm not that old. Jeez, I was sure you were. But, you know, coming out of, the, out of, the, uh, out of a, a bigger school, you're used to playing in you know, kind of the larger environments, and, and so maybe it's not as awe-inspiring when you get to an NFL stadium would be the one difference I would point to. But, you know, the, the one thing that really struck me it, each time I made a step, whether it was from high school to college or from college to the NFL, it, it's still just football. And as a quarterback, um, you know, you're seeing the same pictures. It doesn't really change all that much in terms of how you're making the reads and, and 
um, and and how you're making decisions. The only thing that happens at the at the NFL level is that those decisions have to be made more quickly, and the windows you're throwing into um, are a lot smaller. Um, but you know, in terms of looking at a guy, I, I you know honestly feel like there is um, at times some advantage from to, to coming from. Uh, you know, a smaller program, especially if you've had to play against some superior talent, you know, where maybe you don't have as much time to make uh, make those decisions. You have to throw under duress, and and you have to to deal with things that aren't ideal. Um, you know, the, one of the things that that would scare me a little bit it would be taking a quarterback from one of the real powerhouses. You know, you've you've seen you know, I mean, Carson Palmer's great quarterback that came out of SC, but you've seen some of these. Uh, SC quarterbacks, you've seen some of these other quarterbacks that come from, you know, these powerhouse programs struggle a little bit, and I think partly is because they get used to throwing uh, with nobody around them, and they get used to throwing to guys that are wide open, and that's really not the case once you get to the NFL, even if you're on the, the, the best team in the NFL, um, you're going to get hit, and you're going to have to throw into tight windows, and so I, I honestly would be a little bit nervous um, as, a, as a guy making that decision if I drafted a guy that didn't get hit very much, and, and you know, was always throwing to wide open receivers. That would make me a little nervous. Drew, we're out of time here, but uh, thanks again. And you know what? Ron's still waiting in that bottle of wine you promised him a year ago. So <laughs> deliver, would you please? You know, you know it's, it's right there online. Um, there's a place <laughs> exactly. you, I noticed you, that. You, you enter your visa number, and uh, <laughs> you know, magically that wine appears on your doorstep less than a week later. It's pretty I keep amazing. getting those emails. I try to do it. My wife says, no, no, no. Get the $2 wine. <laughs> <laughs> thanks, Drew. Thanks for the time, guys. Always appreciate thanks. it. Great, thanks. That was former New England quarterback and number one draft pick, Drew Bledsoe. Up next... Why former Pittsburgh linebacker Andy Russell should be on a Hall of Fame track. This is the Talk of Fame Network.